my friends. Well, today is a different day, isn't it? Amen? You're all here. I get to be out here with you. We don't need special lights, right? I'm done with those things. We're throwing them out this week. Well, we, we didn't miss this. We missed this part of the service on purpose. I know there's some new people here today. And what do we say to our guests today? Welcome home. It's something that we talk about all the time, right? This idea of welcome home. When I, Tara and I came here about five and a half years ago, and guess what? Right away, right away, people said, welcome home. They're like, welcome to Central Florida, the Ridge. You know that we live on the backbone of Florida, that we are the backbone of Florida, right? Come on, church. Yeah, a couple of you are like, yeah, okay. And then the other one's like, Pastor Landon, can you stand up, please? <laughs> um, this is it. This is all you have. This is all you get. But Tara and I are excited about what God's doing in our church. It's awesome to see people coming back. I know we've all, it's been taking a while for us to get back to church, and that's okay. Um, so today we're going to celebrate a little bit. Next Sunday, we celebrate four years in this building. Come on. That's a big deal. And it's nice just to be here together. But I want to tell you, it's been a privilege to be part of this church. I don't know about you, but um, this is a special place. This is a special group of people, I feel like. You're a special group of people. And to be able to be here and pastor you, it's a privilege. And to see lives change. People that you wouldn't normally see at church are here today. Right? You're looking around like, I remember that guy from high school. <laughs> Miss D is like, I remember a lot of these people from high school. But it's amazing to see people's lives changed. We, we don't come to church just be like, okay, I checked off the box, I came to church, and now I'm going to go watch football. It's not the check off the box thing. We're the church, the people that are in the room. We get to go, and on Monday and Tuesday, we get to be the church, wherever we are. And what's amazing is to see marriages changed, marriages brought back together, people being united back together, people coming back to the church. I've got to witness over 100 people get baptized in this church over the last four years. And countless people say yes to Jesus. Maybe they've moved. Maybe they're at a different church. That's okay. We don't own people, right? They can go, people can go. It's free. Free world. We can go to whatever church we want to, Right? Isn't that the joy of the kingdom? One day will be one location, all right? Many locations right now, but soon we'll all be in one location in heaven, right? We'll be the church. We'll be loud. We won't need to worry about technical things like lights and cameras and live streaming and all that stuff. That's right, we only need one light. But man, it's so nice to see people fully devoted to God. 
people that have a new life in Jesus, people that have a fresh start. And I know a lot of you in the room have experienced that maybe last year, 10 years ago, 100 years ago. But maybe there's some in the room today that don't quite feel that idea of welcome home. When we think of home, we think of a location, right? Like our house. We think of a, a state. Now, we've got people from all over the place. So just yell out your home state on the count of three. I'm going to try to hear them all. Okay, one, two, three. Massachusetts was the loudest one. And then I heard a lot of Florida. Anybody from like Alaska? Diana, come on, let's give it up for Diana. Anybody from Hawaii? Oh, yeah, a couple back here. Yeah. What about the great state of Maine? Crickets. What about Florida? Anybody from Florida? No, but who was actually born in Florida? Nice. We're from all over the place. But I'm not talking about location. I'm talking about this feeling of home. Have you ever been around a group of people and you're like, I feel home here. I feel like I'm with my people. Right? Do you know that from the very beginning, God created you to have that feeling with him? I believe that God created each person in the room. And when he did, he knit us together in our mother's womb. And you know what he added into our DNA? A longing to be with him. So we go throughout life, if we don't find Jesus, we go throughout life trying to find our home, right? Might be at the bar, might be with the girls, might be at the gym, but we're trying our best to find our home. But it just doesn't feel like home. Maybe Netflix. Oh, that'll help me feel like home until that show is over. I've already watched all six seasons. Twice. I still don't feel like home. I feel lost. Maybe because I was watching Lost. <laughs> but we long for a place called home. And it's not a location we can be wherever it's in our heart. At church, we preach about this thing called the good news. There is bad news, and I can tell you about that too. But there's a thing called good news. It's the gospel. And really simply, we're going to put the first three on here for a moment so you can see them. But the gospel, we spell it out, G-O-S-P-E-L. Here's the first three. God created us to be with him. That was the, in the very beginning. God created you to have a relationship with him. Number two, our sins separated us from God. Adam and Eve, then us, and then so on and so forth. We've been separated from him. The third part, the S, Sins cannot be removed by good deeds. I think a lot of times we go through life, okay, if I just do these couple good things, I should be good. Right, Andrew? We're like, oh, I can do this, or I'll give to the church, I'll serve, I'll help out. 
and, and that should get me into heaven. That, I think that'll do the trick. It doesn't. Sins can't be removed by good deeds. And then we go to the other three letters, P. Paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. He paid the price. This is the gospel. What's the next one? You, it's up here. Let's read this one together. Everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. You can't do anything to earn it. You don't deserve it. But you put your trust in him, you have eternity with him. And then the very last one, L, life with Jesus starts now and can last forever, will last forever if it starts now. And that's a decision you can make. Jesus already made the decision, and he already did it. He already paid the price. You just have to accept the gift. Can we pray? We're going to go into the message today. Lord, thank you for the good news. Thank you that we get to come into this place and experience you. Lord, I pray as we look in your word, you'd breathe life into it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, this is God's heart, the gospel. This is what he wants for people, all of humanity. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, Asian, Hispanic, and everything in between. It doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter what country you come from. It doesn't matter if you're from a northern state or a southern state. It doesn't matter if you vote a Democrat or Republican. Well, it does matter. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Gas prices are awesome. Okay. <laughs> but what matters is that he, he has good news for you. And he has a home for you. In heaven, but he also has a home for you with him. Look what it says in John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that what? He gave his one and only son. Yeah, you can read the rest of it. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17 the next part that people forget. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. He gave to save, not to condemn. And I love this story that I want to tell you today because it helps you understand that we were once lost or there's some in the room who might still be lost, and that's okay, because we're sharing the gospel with you. Today's your day. Amen? Today's the start. But I love this story, because this is totally Jesus. Jesus starts telling these parables to the people that are there. He's talking about this lost coin. What would happen if you lost a coin? You'd turn the house upside down, right? If you lost a $100 bill at your house, what would you do? You'd turn that place upside down. Like, I need to get a gallon of gas, okay? I need, a, I, need, I need to give my money. Right? But then he talks about the sheep. 
the lost sheep. There's one who leaves. There's 99 waiting. Guess what? He leaves the 99. Doesn't mean he doesn't care about them. People are like, I can't believe he doesn't care about me. I'm the 99. He leaves them and goes after the one who is lost. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. You at one moment, you at one time, were lost. So the story, and then there's another parable in there that Jesus tells. This is his heart. He has compassion. He tells the story in Luke. If you want to open up your Bible to Luke, I'm just going to tell the first little bit of it. He tells the story of the prodigal son, the lost son. There was a man who had two sons, older son, younger son. And in their culture, they wouldn't get their inheritance until the father died. The older son would get two-thirds, and the younger son would get one-third, right? Like, you're, like, you can't decide your birth order. So the younger son's like, I don't like this very much. I don't have anything right now. I want my money now. Goes to his father and says, listen, I know how this all works, but can you make an exception? I want my inheritance right now. So the dad's like, okay, that's fine. Here's your inheritance. He sees him off. And guess what the son does? He leaves the protection of home and goes off on his own. And squanders all of it. He uses all of it. Because guess what? He's young and dumb. Were you ever young and dumb? Maybe you are right now. <laughs> right? He uses all of it. They say that the, the brain isn't fully developed to make proper decisions to we're 25 years old. Man, I made some dumb decisions before I turned 25. Imagine right now in our culture, we're giving thousands of dollars to kids to go off to school. And they can't quite make the right decisions every time. That's another story for another day. Go watch Dave Ramsey. He leaves the protection of his home. He starts spending it. It says he squanders his wealth on wild living, the Bible says prostitutes, wild parties, and the Bible says, and the like. Fill in the blank. You could imagine. He spent every dime, and he had nothing to show for it. Sounds like taxes. But he spent all of it. And you know what? He was, he was at the point where he didn't even have enough money for food. So look what he does. We're going to catch up in the story here in Luke 15, 15 to 16. Look what he does. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of the country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. 16. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Imagine being at the end of your rope, you spent everything you had, it's your own fault, and then you want to eat what the pigs eat. 
you're in a pretty bad situation. But did you know that in our culture, there's lots of people in really bad situations because they're far from home. They've left their protection of God. They've left home because they're like, ah, I can do this on my own. So that comes as the first point. We've all been lost. Luke 19.10, and this is, I actually mentioned this verse earlier. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Really, lost is just aimlessly moving through life without God. That's what the Bible's talking about. It's not like you're physically lost. You can't find your way to the house or to the Walmart or wherever. But have you ever have you ever been in a moment where maybe you were lost or someone you were with was lost and you have this really terrible feeling in your gut? One night I got up. Emma was about 4 years old. I got up to do whatever and walked through her room like, oh, I'll go check on Emma. You know, that's what dads do, right? Let's make sure the kid's still there. <laughs> Maybe he didn't lose any. She wasn't there. It was like 3 in the morning. Where's Emma? I turned, I, not that I was doing much. I was going to go back to bed, but I stopped everything, and guess what I did? I searched for Emma. I turned that house upside down. Finally, I got to the laundry room. She's 4 years old. She's on top of the dryer sleeping. She wasn't where she was supposed to be. I don't even know how she got up there. But she, I guess she sleep, sleepwalks. But we've all maybe been lost, maybe as a kid in the, the Kmart. Remember Kmart? <laughs> you were lost in the Kmart, I bet you. We've all been lost. Isaiah 53, 6. The, the moment we were born, we were in this lost state because we were without God. Look what Isaiah 53, 6 says. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us have turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity, the sin, the fill in there, all of us. He's laid on him the iniquity of us all. We are lost without a relationship with God. And there's a huge problem in our world where people are confused because they're lost. Right? They're walking through life with a blindfold on. And I'm not saying I'm better than anybody, but without Christ... It's dark. It's a dark world. And you're trying your best because God put it in your DNA to follow him. You're trying your best to figure out how to do that. And if no one tells them, they'll still be in that darkness. Here's the next part of the story. Luke 15, 17 to 19. When he came to his senses, everybody say senses. 
He said, how many of my father's hired servants had food to spare? And I am here starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he's like, I've got nothing left. I'm going to go back and at least I'll serve. I know that there's food there. There's a place I can sleep. There's, I can get help. And I can at least be in part of the protection, right? And so right here we see his heart. He's like, I'm not worthy to go back and be his son. I gave that up. I wasted everything. Brings us to point two. And here's a question a lot of us ask is, am I worthy to return home? Am I worthy to return home? This is a question that I've asked before. This is a question probably you've asked before. And you're listing out all of these wrongdoings that you've, you've done. All of this sin. You're like, I, I don't think I can go home. Can I go home? Am I worthy to go home? I've wasted this. I've gone this direction. But in his clear thinking, he came to himself. And I feel like if our world doesn't quickly do this, they'll be lost forever. And that's the bad news. Notice that he didn't blame his father for the situation that he was in. Notice that he didn't blame his brother for the situation that he was in. Or the servants at his father's household, or his friend, or his boss, or the pigs. He recognized this misery that he was in because he was without his father. Can we recognize, church, the misery that we would be in without our Heavenly Father? The world would look a whole lot different. Our lives would be a lot different without our Heavenly Father. And this is why Jesus is telling this story. is so we can understand the parable. Now, you're probably like, why is Jesus telling all these parables? The lost coin, the lost sheep the lost son. Why is he, where did this come from? Well, context is really good, isn't it? When we have context to a story, so here's the context. It starts back in the beginning of Luke 15, verse 1, if you want to put it up there. It says, now the tax collector and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered. This man welcomes, everybody say welcomes. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. So Jesus is like, I think the Pharisees have missed the reason that I came. They didn't read Isaiah 53. They forgot to read all of these amazing prophecies about me 700 years ago. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them? What's this world coming to? So then he starts teaching them through these stories of the lost 
coin, the lost sheep, the lost son. The son, remember back to the story of the son, I will set out and go back to my father. Jesus didn't say that the man thought of his village or his physical home, right? He didn't say, I'm going to go back home. He said, no, no, I'm going to go back to my... His focus was on returning to his father, not the location. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. It shows a complete change of thinking. And you know what? God wants us to, wants to see that in us today. I've been going down this road. I've been going the wrong path. You're like, Pastor Landon, this is like the story of our church. We talk about, yes, this is what we're here for. We're on the wrong path. We've got to go on the right path. But he changes his thinking. He changes his, his heart changes. He didn't think this way before. Now he made no attempt to justify or excuse his sin. He said, no, no, I need to get back to my father. Even if I can just be a servant there. I need to get, I need to get back to him because I am home with him. Next part of the story, Luke 15, 20. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with what? Compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Listen, in that culture, the dude of the house did not run out to anybody. You'd have your servant go out and be like, hey, master, there's a guy out here. He wants to see you. No, the father was filled with compassion. You know what? When God sees you returning and coming close to him, he sees it from far off. And he runs out to you and says, what? Number three, welcome home. He said, there's my son right there. There's my daughter right there. He's not running out and being like, hey, David. I've got a list of your sins here, sir. Do you remember yesterday? Remember last week? No, no, he runs out to you and kisses you and says, welcome home. The lost son's first thought was to go to his father. So he got up and went to his father. But didn't stop there. He started on the way back, he started thinking of some like things like, hey, I know I'm a loser. I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm this. I know I'm that. Can I be your servant? And I think we do this a lot, right? We have all these lists. I'm like, I'm thinking about quitting that sin. I'm thinking about reading the Bible. I'm thinking about going to church. But then you don't ever do it. We don't ever put action to our thoughts. Because God is putting those thoughts there. The Holy Spirit is drawing us closer and closer to Him. And then we just let it sit here. And it never enters here. And we just kind of think about it. The son, guess what he did? He thought about going home to his father. He got up off his rear end and went home to his father. And guess what? Look what happens. He runs out and says, welcome home. 
The depth of the son's repentance is matched only by the depth of the father's love. Jesus is trying to show us here that the son was going this direction. And then he sees Andrew. No. And then he goes this direction. That is called repentance. He's turning away from that type of living and repent. He turns and goes to the father. The father sees his repentance. This is a physical view of it. Sees his repentance and says, there's my son. He's forgiven. I'm going to go out and welcome him back. Even after squandering everything on sin, the father still welcomes him home. Listen, you guys could be like, oh, I can't believe that guy went off and wasted everything. I've done it too. I'm not going to point any fingers at you. You can point your own fingers. But this is a story about me. The intensity of the father's reception was indicated by the fact that he ran. He didn't walk. He didn't hop on a donkey. He ran to him. And that's what God has done with you, and that's what God wants to do with you if you turn and face him and repent and come home. Last part of the story. Look at this. Someone wants to come up. Look, Luke 15, 21 to 24. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. I feel like that sometimes, don't you? I'm, I'm no longer worthy. Look what I've done. Look at my track record. I wasted everything. But the father said to his servants, quick. I think he just kind of skimmed over like, what did you say? Because the father knew exactly what he was going to do. He's like, He's our, he came home? Whew. Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Nowadays, that'd be like a suit jacket or a, I don't know. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe, put a ring on his finger, and sandals on his feet. That would be a big deal. This is not a typical welcome home ceremony when you've wasted all of your father's stuff. Not typical. You know, God is not typical. Isn't that awesome? Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead. He was dead to him, right? And is alive again. Yeah, you can clap with that one. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Imagine right when he right when he started going over the speech all the way home, he's like, okay, I'm gonna show up, I'm gonna say, hey, I'll be a servant. Hey, I'm sorry about all my sin. The father's like, hey, quick, robes, rings, 
sandals, food, let's celebrate. And guess what? Today, God is listening. Jesus sees your heart. And when you come to him, he said, listen, robes, rings, sandals, let's celebrate. Welcome home. So church, there's some more to the story. Read it when you get home. The, the older brother has issues with this, right? It's like, wait, I've done all this. But let's pause there today. And I want to ask you a question. Are you ready to be at home? Are you ready to be welcomed? You don't have to do anything. You just say, I accept God as my Savior. He is the one true King. I want to follow Him all the days of my life. Please forgive me for my sin. That's it. It's about what's in your heart. It's not some reciting of a prayer. He sees your heart, and He's going to say, Welcome home. My challenge for you today is don't miss the party. That's the last one. Don't miss the party. Maybe today you're new to church. Maybe this is the first time you've heard the good news. Maybe it's the 20th time and you're like, I don't know. But what if I'm right? That means you have a heavenly father who created you, who is preparing a place for you that when you die, you'll be with him for eternity forever. What if I'm right? The Bible says there is a real place called hell. There is some bad news, and you'll be there separated from God forever. And so that's not to scare anybody. That's just to say that's what the Bible says. So I feel like there's a decision to make for some of you today. I've been walking the wrong road. I've been squandering my life. And I'm going to repent and turn toward God. And he's going to come out on the road and meet me halfway and say, welcome home. Robes, rings, I like doing that. Sandals, let's celebrate. Amen. Come on, let's bow our heads for a moment. Maybe that's you today. Say, it's time for me to make a step in that direction. It's time for me to make an, maybe another step in that direction. Maybe you're, you're kind of halfway there, a quarter of the way there. It doesn't matter. But maybe God's just trying to get you out of that seat and say, I want to make another step in that direction. We just put your hand up and say, that's me. I'd love to pray with you today. Awesome. I want to make a step closer. I want to get closer. I want to mature in my faith. I want to be challenged. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Let me pray for you today. Lord, thank you that we get to hear your good news. Thank you that today we 
can hear this story that you came to seek and to save the lost. You loved us so much that you gave your only son that if we believe in him, we won't perish for eternity, but that we'll be with you forever. You didn't come to condemn us. You came to save us. And so, Lord, I pray for those people who raise their hand who say, I'm making a step today in, the, in that direction, a fresh start. Lord, we're going to celebrate those five people that raise their hand and said yes. And we're going to say, welcome home. In Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate those five.